Welcome back to Conservative Conversations with your host, I'm Reed. And I'm Frank. Today we're going to be talking about the Chinese spy balloon, the Grammys, and... We're also going to talk about, of course, what's happening tomorrow, President Biden's State of the Union address. We're going to talk about some updates to school choice and some news about Ilhan Omar. So stay tuned for that. Yep. So before we get into it, please like and subscribe and follow on YouTube and many other podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and uh, iHeartRadio. We seem to be getting quite a few listens on there, so be sure to subscribe. And let's get into the news with the Chinese spy balloon. Yeah, everybody's talking about it. Yeah, I mean, it was quite a big deal over the past few days. Yeah. Um, and I got a few... Yeah, when did we first hear about the balloon? Well, the first uh, time, I believe, it was mentioned in the news was uh, on... Thursday is well, well, yeah, Thursday. Well, Friday morning is when I first heard about it. Uh, but apparently, it was first seen like Thursday night or something like that. Last Thursday night, as huh. we're recording. Yeah. Uh, but I have a little bit of a time timeline here. All right. So, um, it first starts back on January twenty eighth, uh, when. The balloon first drifted into uh, airspace over Alaska. Then it, uh, at, at first, uh, the government thought it was uh, one of China's typical probes that uh, float around the outside of our border pretty frequently. Um, but once it passed through Canada and then entered our airspace uh, over Idaho on the twenty, no, the thirty-first. Uh, they determined it likely was not their typical probe, and uh, yeah, I feel like that's when I first heard about it in yeah. Idaho or something like that. Right. Yeah, and then it uh, floated over Montana and parts of the Midwest and uh, sort of the southeast. Oh, and then eventually over the coast of Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. And then on uh, Saturday, February 4th, is when the military uh, finally shot the balloon out of the sky. And there's uh, videos of that uh, people captured, which seemed pretty cool to me. And uh, a lot of people are asking or wondering why we didn't you know, take it down earlier. And one of the big reasons that uh, the administration has given is because they didn't want the de- the debris to you know harm anybody or any like uh, building structures on the ground or anything like that. So Definitely you say they shot it down where? Over the coast, uh, well, off the coast of Myrtle Beach in South Carolina. Wow. Yeah, it uh, traveled all the way through from uh, Idaho off our eastern coast before they finally did something about it. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, that's a long time, especially if it really is some kind of, you know, spy or surveillance you know, device. You'd think they would have definitely taken it down sooner. 
But one of the claims is that they were able to make sure it wasn't able to capture any like sensitive uh, data. Uh-huh. Which I don't know how they would have done that. Like I don't know if they had the ability to like direct the balloon. Because I imagine since it's a balloon, it's just following the you know the airstream. But I don't really know the whole mechanics of it all. There might be some. Well, that's interesting that you would say that because I remember a story from history. I mean, I'd almost have to Google it, but they've tried to do this before. I think it was the Japanese, though, when mm-hmm. we were at war with them. They used to try to send over like these weird rigged uh-huh. balloons. Yeah, they've been in use for a while, stuff like that. And uh, one of the things I've heard since this is that people are saying there were these same similar kind of balloons that came into our country during Trump's administration. Um, but one of the things that uh, I think Marco Rubio I heard point out was in this particular case compared to the one that happened under uh, when Donald Trump was the president, yeah. is this one went over our a lot of our military bases. Well, out, yeah, and you said there. it passed through Canada, too, which blows my mind. Right. So Canada didn't notice anything either. Well, yeah, they either didn't notice or didn't care to do anything. Or these parties, see, but see, we're touching that, aren't we? What if they're all... Complicit. That'd be uh, interesting. Um, I mean, that's almost what it smells like to me. Yeah, because, I mean, it's, I heard it's the size of like three buses, which is pretty pretty big. I mean, you can see the thing from the ground. And it passing through Canada and, you know, for however many days before it entered Idaho... And we didn't hear a peep about it. The Canadian people didn't uh, make a fuss. Well, and it's one of those things where, you know, I'm a certain type of person, and I would start to get angry because, you know, there's an organization that's supposed to track stuff like this. Do you know what it is? Uh, NORAD? Well, they pretend to track Santa Claus. They put a lot of effort and time and money into that. But they can't catch something like this? Uh Uh-huh. And, you know, you may think that me being upset or something like that is ridiculous, but I'm a certain kind of person. And I bet you, I mean, if if stuff starts coming in, we start having issues. Mm -hmm. What if it follows this trajectory, the one that's been mapped? Mm -hmm. I mean, come on. How obvious can you get? And then they're going to be like, well, what? You know, I mean, they don't even have an excuse right now. They, you said that they originally thought it was some kind of a probe or a weather balloon that had gone off track. Yeah. So we just turned a blind eye. Right. I mean, even if it was an actual weather balloon that's gone off track, you would think the Chinese government would have notified us. Well, I mean. I certainly wouldn't expect them to, but if it was, you know, an honest mistake, you'd think they would, they would say, hey, you know, America, there's a, we got a balloon that's been blown off course just to let you know it's coming, coming your way. 
But you also think something is noticeable that would get us all talking about it across mm-hmm. the whole nation. Right. Some guy took a few pictures, a short video, and it blew up like, you know, wildfires in certain states. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say which. But <clears throat> you'd think that that would be noticed then as not your average balloon, and right. it could be picked up by, I mean, if they can detect Santa Claus. Uh-huh. <laughs> come on. Right. Give me a break. This is the thing I always say about government. The founding fathers would have said the same thing. Governments get so sloppy mm-hmm. that they do stuff like this. They're chasing dreams and whispers and clouds, uh-huh. and they can't catch a friggin' national security threat when right. it comes barreling through vast swaths of two whole countries. Yeah. I mean... You know, in our predictions episode a couple of weeks ago, I was talking about, you know, the possibility of China in, uh, encroaching on the Taiwanese space war, but I think they've blown past that and they're, they're going right, you know, letting their balloons float into our airspace. That's almost going to be like the death knell. They're going to ring Taiwan. Yeah. They're going to ring that bell after they get us. Right. I mean, I bet you're exactly right. I mean, all they have to do is switch from their left foot to their right foot. Uh huh. Hurt the giant right. before they hurt the midget. Well, this just is yet again another example of this administration's weakness on foreign policy. Mm-hmm. I mean, this the balloon should have been dealt with before it even entered the country because whether or not it's like a spy device, a and particularly if it is Chinese government property, they don't have the right just to enter our airspace without permission like that. And the fact that... I still I still have trouble, though. I don't fault the Chinese at all whatsoever. I fault the people here. But I just think about Israel. I mean, look, they're one of the most hated. Mm-hmm. I mean, no matter how you want to slice that pie, they're one of the most hated... Places, people, countries, if you want to call it. Some people wouldn't call it a country. So you see what I'm saying? So they're... Yeah. And they keep that Iron Dome, man. They Mm -hmm. can keep their stuff secure. So why can't we? I don't understand. Yeah. I mean, if, if we... If the Chinese government caught us floating balloons over... You know, the province where they keep all these, uh, the... Uyghurs. Yes, the Uyghurs, exactly what I was trying to think of. I would expect them to blow our balloon out of the sky, too. So it's it's quite absurd that this wasn't taken care of sooner. And I'm glad to know that some friends of mine that I certainly wouldn't call conservative were sort of questioning uh, why... Why it wasn't like blown out of the sky before it even entered Idaho or whatever. So I think it's. Well, it's one of those things. I think that they're in bed. Uh huh. I mean, do you not think that? I almost think it's logical that they all are somehow. Do you see what I'm saying? Like allowing it or whatever. How does it just pass through Canada, Mm -hmm. Alaska, big sections of us? Right. Well,. I think it's 
sort of boils down to I don't I don't think this administration wants to upset the Chinese government because we have you know these reports and alleged actions between Hunter Biden and Joe Biden and 10% for well, the big guy. I think that makes total sense yeah. what you're saying. But it just makes me worry like I said what happens when the real threat follows the same path. Right. Yeah, what are we going to do then? Based on this, nothing. <laughs> At least for a couple of days until we decide to finally do something about it. It's just crazy. I mean, look how close that is to D.C. I uh-huh. just had the thought. Yeah. Yep. In the grand scheme of things, it uh, wasn't too far off. There, If you're talking about bowling, bowling from China, uh-huh. they got pretty close. Yeah. Yep, sure did. But yeah, I think this is, it appears to be a, a bipartisan issue. Uh, I've seen headlines of Democrats wanting to ask questions about, you know, why something wasn't done sooner, or what even, what even is it? I mean, I, they're going to recover as much of it as they can from the the ocean, so... Hopefully we'll find out more about it, and hopefully they'll tell us more about it. So just sweeping it under the rug. Well, I just hope it's innocuous because I, I think mm-hmm. I told you this the other day in private conversation, but I don't see what they're doing besides poking a bear or something right. like that. Yeah. You know, poking a beehive, mm-hmm. some some such analogy. Yeah, I don't get what they're doing. But, you know, what? I will, to end that on a lighter note, sure. if you don't mind. Go for it. I actually heard. Uh-huh. It's unfortunate that she got shot down and everything, but I heard that that Chinese spy balloon, quote-unquote, was actually just Lizzo trying to get to the Grammys. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, poor Lizzo. May she rest in pieces poor lizzo she got a she got a oceanside burial no she got a grammy oh (laughs) she got a grammy okay yeah she wasn't really the chinese blimp oh well thank goodness (laughs) thank goodness for lizzo yeah well you wouldn't want anything to happen to her oh yeah she'd probably survive it she'd just bounce Yeah, the Grammys were this past uh, weekend, I guess, Sunday? Yesterday as we record? I do not know that. I don't either. But that sounds right. <laughs> I know that I can tell you she won some kind of Grammy. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, Cool J was there. Yeah? And he presented a new award, a brand new award. Okay. For people... Basically, like anybody. Uh huh. How did he put it? Uh, I I believe it was contributors, creators, and professionals. Contributors, creators, and professionals with a track record of uplifting black music. Yes. So I mean, that's that's not even guaranteed to go to a black person or right a black group. Or a black cause, or anything. I mean, so what? What exactly does it even mean to uplift black music? What? What? What all do they count as that? That's one thing I would want to know. 
Well, you take Usher in your left hand, uh huh, and you raise it much higher than your right hand. <laughs> His greatest hits album. Yeah, what I don't know. I mean, would they have? Would they make such a big deal out of like uh, Muddy Waters? I believe is his name, old blues guy. I believe he was a black fella. Well, I was thinking about that too. I mean, they created R and B. You know what I yeah. mean? Like that goes back. They yeah. have a lot to do with jazz. It goes on and on and all kinds of stuff. All kinds of contributions. Uh-huh. It totally is different. Way different than what they're trying to use it as now. Right. And doesn't make much sense. Virgin Singular. Yeah, Virgin Singular. One, it's any person, party, group, LLC, pass-through entity. <laughs> it's like they'll, they'll yeah, anybody who uplifts black music. It's like, what is black music? Well, I mean... It's what like a, you were just saying. What about the Asian music? Pacific Islander music? Latino music? What, oh, do people who uplift that not get these awards? I mean, it's... It, their their own game, game is silly. It is. I mean, it is sort of ridiculous. Yeah. So anyway, but get it, guess what? To make it political, all right. Let's hear guess it. who else was there? Um, Kamala Harris. She goes everywhere except the border. Nah. Oh. Jill Biden. Jill the, Biden. The good doctor. The best doctor. <laughs> what was she a doctor of again? Education. Oh, what's that mean? Doctor of Education. She spent a really long time and a lot of money studying about studying. Studying to study? Essentially. Or studying to teach people to study? Uh, Both. I don't, I don't know. What's it matter? It seems very meta. What would you say? I don't know. I don't know. It seems know. redundant yes. in a way. Right. <clears throat> but that's interesting that she would... She'd go. I mean, I guess. I'm not sure what her purpose was. Politicians and celebrities, same oh, thing yeah. these days. They hold hands. Uh huh. French kiss and <laughs> park swap places. <laughs> uh. But yeah, that's uh, the Grammys. I wonder how many people. Nobody watches these award shows anymore. The Grammys, the Oscars. Do they even put the Tonys on TV? I never hear anybody talk about the Tonys. I'm not sure. I'm I've never Okay. Well, I guess I'd be lying, but I've probably watched one or two of those once or twice. Sure. Yeah. I just don't know which ones. Right. I don't remember. I would have been much younger. And they do not mean very much to me in my life. Right. Yeah. But I've heard also that their numbers are horrible. Horribly. Sure, well. Yeah. I've definitely heard that too. I think cable network across the board's pretty much down. Right. Well, you know, uh, since that was on Sunday, this past Sunday, and Jill Biden was there, she's got to make her way back to Washington, D.C. by Tuesday for Joe Biden's State of the Union address. That's right. It's going to be tomorrow as we record this. Yep. I'm. He's expected to make comments about the spy balloon. I'm interested to, to to hear what he might have to say about it. Come on, folks. They bought that thing at 
The Dollar General. The, the Radio Shack. I feel like I'm sounding like Obama. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was thinking to the folks a lot. Yeah. But yeah, I definitely think he's going to sell the State of the Union. It's pretty rosy. He's going to... Betcha he's gonna talk about how good the economy is. Um, yeah, it's fantastic. Yes, uh, nobody's laying off thousands of employees. I've never seen it better in my life. I've heard that eggs, you, it takes your left and your right leg to get one. Well, how do you go get to the egg store to get them then? The egg store went out of business. Now, there's only black market eggs in my neighborhood. Really? That's why it costs so much. Yeah. But yeah, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, despite the Chinese balloon, he's still going to try to portray our position in foreign affairs as being strong. He would. He would try to do that. Yeah. yeah. Which I imagine, no, that's... That's expected of any president. And when China would expect it of him. They would pre- pay him to do it. Uh, status quo. Uh-huh. He needs to do his little dance. Yeah. I mean, these State of the Unions are usually spectacles. Everybody gathers around like, I don't know, the king coming out to make his annual proclamations or something. Yeah. I mean, they do make a big spectacle yeah. out there. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, what else? I don't feel like they do that much else there on the Capitol as far as big spectacles. <laughs> yeah, that's... The whole place is a spectacle. Well, I mean, there's that, but there's C-SPAN for that. Right, yeah. I don't feel like there's much else that, like, draws literal crowds to D.C. like the speech does. Right. Yeah. But uh, after Joe Biden speaks, uh, who's going to be given the Republican response? Well, it's going to be Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Oh, nice. The new governor of Arkansas. Yeah. And also she was, of course, Trump's press secretary. Mm -hmm. And she is a smart girl. Yeah, she's pretty good. Yeah, she's smart. And she speaks well. Yeah. She's good at staying on point. She she replaced Sean Spicer, if you remember. Yes. And mm-hmm. uh, she was instantly better at the job right. than Sean Spicer was. <laughs> yeah. She speaks very well mm-hmm. <laughs> compared to Sean Spicer. Yeah, I think it's a pretty good pick. Um, I mean, I... I definitely think they're sort of going for the diversity play, having a woman do it, which not wrong with that. Well, that's the name of the game these days. Yeah. Um, but a, a good one um, seems to be pretty popular. Uh, and, you know, she just won her governorship, so that's you know, something she's got under her belt. Yeah, a little victory lap. Yeah, she uh-huh. So I think this will be pretty good. I'd like like to hear what she has to say. Yeah, I'm sure she'll be good. Uh, oh, young. Uh, if I didn't mention that, I think that's another point. Uh, I think that's uh, a demographic the Republican Party probably needs to work more on is some of the, the younger crowd. Yeah. So I think uh, picking her might help with that. 
And I don't really have any predictions of what I think she might say. Um, well, it should just probably point out his flaws and how, yeah. like we're seeing, how the price of eggs is right. outrageous. And mm-hmm. I mean, I think these things demonstrate themselves, right. actually. Just basically say the opposite of what he said. But I think it's also going to be predictable what he's going to say. Right. I mean, we wouldn't want to sit here and write both sides of it, but. Sure. If I can sit here and poke pr- holes in the president right away without hearing him speak, mm-hmm. I'm sure she can too, you yeah. know? Right. Definitely. I'll be looking forward to it tomorrow tomorrow night as we record. Yeah, it'll be interesting. And I wouldn't be surprised if you all might see some kind of footage from us about it or something of the sort. Yeah. So you can look out for that. And then... Definitely. And uh, our next topic we'll move on to is school choice. Um, it's kind of a big deal recently. Quite yeah, I know f- you've been excited about talking about that one. Yeah, uh, quite a few states in the past couple of years have passed uh, some school choice laws that are starting to take effect. Um, two of them I'm particularly noted is Iowa, which um, Governor Kim Reynolds just recently signed uh the, the the bill into law and it takes effect this coming school year and in this uh program uh, um the state of Iowa by the time the program is fully phased in over a period of 3 years will give students um Roughly up to $7,598 to be used for uh, private education. Um, And also, um, it's given to the students in the form of an education savings account, which the article I've read didn't really detail exactly how those work and how they're, like, uh, assigned and... How how they're accessed and stuff like that. Well, wouldn't it just be like a five two nine? I imagine it's probably pretty similar to that. Um, but there is a couple of particular notes I like about um, Iowa. Um, after any uh, tuition and fees, if there's still money left over, uh, it can be used for other types of education expenses like uh, tutoring, test prep, uh, books, um, yeah. stuff like that. And even, and this is what I think is pretty neat, um, uh, vocational and life skills training. And I think this is pretty neat because you know, special school choice, like we uh, school choice proponents know not every student is fit for the traditional uh, public school uh, education system and um, uh, particularly like students with learning disabilities of various sorts uh, in some cases these students will pretty much never be able to learn like your basic arithmetic and stuff like that to the point where they're gonna be like going to college or anything yeah. so being able to provide parents with money to send these uh, types of students to these like uh, vocational and life skills uh, yeah, centers I get is really that. good. 
I had a cousin, you might know this, who's, um, you know, what's that one where they have like the extra chromosome or whatever? Oh, Down syndrome. Yeah, mm-hmm. he has Down syndrome. And he went to a vocational school to learn how to work in like a hotel, motel mm-hmm. situation or yeah. job. Yeah, I think stuff like that's pretty important because um, it's they're still able to learn these type of skills to hopefully have some type of job, even if it's not the kind of job where they'll like you know advance up the corporate ladder or anything yeah. like that. But they'll never be CEO, right? But um, you know, it it gives them something to do. They can earn a little money for themselves or their and their family. Right, and it's very uplifting. You right, know, exactly. It's good That's for a body. Right, that. You know, it's, it's good to work. Right, exactly. That's essentially what I was about to say too. No, it, it gives them gives them something to do, like a sense of accomplishment and yes. stuff like that. Sense of purpose. Right. And then uh, I have a quote from uh, Governor Reynolds, which I think is kind of interesting. I'll do my best to read it back. Public schools are the foundation of our educational system, and for most families, they will continue to be the option of choice, but they are not the only choice. Uh, only, it's the first half of that I don't particularly uh, agree with fully, that uh, public schools are the foundation of our right. educational system, but the rest of it, definitely. They, most parents probably will still send their students to public school as normal, but it's good to be able to provide the option of other schools because public schools aren't the only choice. No, I totally agree with you. I, I agree with every part of what you just said. I, I take umbrage at the same part that you do because mm-hmm. I think you know, what started our education system is a want and a, you might even say a need, a drive for education. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, our old local communities used to find a person to act as teacher, mm-hmm. and it is the old one-room schoolhouse yep, exactly concept uh-huh. where it was almost like a private contract where the the community would pitch in and pay the teacher, mm-hmm. and it wasn't, you know, regulated and delegated by any sort of government right. or anything. It was based on parents need Mm -hmm. desires and wishes for their child right so yeah i think that's most beneficial Mm -hmm. is actually for parents to be involved and right exactly invest to see their child as an investment right uh and so yes i think this is amazing that yes they're not locked into one game one game of school right they have exactly a bargaining chip, and they can go play a couple other versions of the game if they right. so wish. They're able to find the school that best fits their child's yes. uh, learning abilities Good or fit. needs or whatever. Good fit, yeah. yeah. That's um, how it should be. We should have choice in America. Exactly, yeah. It's funny how the pro-choice people don't always want choice. It is amazing. It's union, you know. Yeah. Well, um, 
West Virginia, which was the other state who has recently gotten some notoriety for their school choice program, uh, they also have implemented these educational savings accounts. Um, but what makes uh, West Virginia particularly notable is how uh, um, expansive the eligibility will eventually be once the program's fully implemented. Uh-huh. Um, uh, by the time it's fully phased in, roughly 90% of West Virginia students will be eligible for, I think, up to $4,600 annually, which, uh, according to one person in this article, is enough for a lot of private private schools in, uh, in the state. Now, in today's prices. Yeah. But imagine when that much money is being thrown around. Yeah, uh, you'd assume the idea of competition would, would lower it down. I assume that's what you're going for. Not oh. it, since it's government money, no. Oh. I actually would take the opposite, and I think Milton Friedman would too. Because once the program's instituted, it'll never be undone. It'll only ever be increased, increased, increased. So you'll see a competition for those same dollars. If there's only, if every student gets $4,600, do you see? There's only going to be competition to put pressure on the payer, the government, to pay more. The, st- the costs are just going to go up, inflation, 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 right? Mm-hmm. Higher contracts, higher, more. I don't think that it would be cheaper. Uh, but I mean, yeah, you, I guess so. it's an interesting, it depends on what the true drive is to educate or to earn. Uh, I don't know. Uh, what In the West Virginia's case, um, they specify it's only state funds, uh, county and federal uh, education funds uh, stay where they are. Um, however, that works. Well, I might be a little off, but I'm just talking theoretically, though. I mean, because sure. if the government's going to pay it, whatever government, it's like a guarantee. It's what you call a guaranteed contract, and that's the sort of stuff we end up running into. Is they don't have to answer to anybody anymore. Because you get so much per child. The only thing they'd have to answer is that competition. I mean, I guess you have a point there because they could just shop around. Mm-hmm. But how many of their school of these schools are there really going to be? Are we going to turn schools into like Taco Bells? There's going to be one on every street corner and we can just go eat, you know, take our kid to whichever one is most convenient. Right. Well, yeah, I guess it'll be interesting to see how it all actually ends up working. But uh, whatever provides more choice and opportunity is always a step in the right direction. Well, I think it'd be good just to see the big chain broken. Right. I mean, I just hope that some good actually comes of it because I wouldn't want to see education dumbed down to like a taco bell kind of level right if you get what i'm saying yeah i know what you're trying to say like completely commodified yeah drop your kids here best education you'll get for a dollar you know i mean (laughs) i don't want to see the mcdonald's 
McDonaldification right. of of <laughs> education. <laughs> yeah, that that would be um, definitely a downside to, uh, if that were to result in programs like this. Because I imagine we would see a similar thing in Iowa since they have similar types of programs with these uh, education savings accounts. I just think it's a matter of time, though, because like I said, it's what I would call a guaranteed contract, theoretically. Because if the government's going to pay 4600 or whatever, in Iowa you said seventy, almost 7600 Uh-huh. <clears throat> It's just like the contract they already have with the unions. They basically spend X number of dollars per student per year anyway. This mm-hmm. has been tracked forever. Right. Now you're just talking about trading, swapping one union for another. So you're going to wind up with the local Taco Bell workers, number 169, instead of the local PSD, whatever they call themselves, teachers union, just for cheaper. Uh, I suppose it's possible, you know. I think this has been like a train derailment. Speaking of which. Is that horrible? (laughs) No, because I don't think anybody's been hurt. Well. At least I haven't hurt anyway. That's interesting that you should say that. That's why I wanted to bring up this story. So in East Palestine, which is near Youngstown, Ohio. Ohio. Yeah. Um, A Norfolk Southern train derailed and it was carrying 114 well it had 114 total cars 50 of which quote unquote jumped the tracks and they caught fire and burned Mm -hmm. and they were filled with hazardous materials specifically a phenyl chloride which is used to make PVC pipes And they do say, just like you say, there's no health risk to the public right now. Oh, well, that's not what I was trying to say. Nobody got hurt or died. Right, in like the the direct accident. I get what you're saying. But I just find it interesting because of what they said here. There's no risk to the public right now. They even add that part. I bet there's going to be some serious side effects from this. They've uh, they've evacuated the nearby towns or uh, whatever. Up to a mile radius. Uh-huh. But they were so given the warning this morning. And it's like I heard on the radio coming home from work. If you're just now getting the warning, it's too late. <laughs> it's too late for you. So. I just find it interesting. Who knows what this leak, you know, uh-huh. what it's going to do to the ground, the environment. Is it going to be like some kind of mini Chernobyl where people can't return back there for a while? Right. Sink into the groundwater? Yeah. Yeah, I haven't heard too much about like how much has actually spilled out all over the place or whatever. I know that uh, some of the fires are still... Inside the cars, like the train cars. Uh-huh. Um, and that's, like, one of the reasons why they're really starting to evacuate people because, like, the temperature changed inside one of the cars. 
which I guess has some effect on it. So it's uh, pretty kind of kind of scary. I wouldn't want to live around there right now. Yeah. Would I just worry about some kind of long-term impact? Right. Soon? Yeah. Yeah, because uh, I don't imagine anybody's really going to know for a long time. I, you would hope the, I don't know who would be in charge, whether state or federal government would be conducting tests or something to uh, make sure there aren't going to be... Well, any. probably, in this case, it would probably be federal because they oversee interstate commerce. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah the NTSB, I'm sure, is there. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. Uh, I feel sorry for all the people that have to leave their homes. When I hope they get them back, I hope it's not damaged yeah, right. uh, permanently. Right. Yeah, definitely. Well, and if you want to end on some good news, <laughs> yeah, there's somebody that I don't like in Congress. Uh, I don't think a lot of us conservative people like this person. Well, there's a whole squad of them. <laughs> squad. A squawking squad. But there's one in particular who just got demoted for now. Yeah. And who's that? That would be Ilhan Omar. Yeah, she's terrible. Yeah. Yeah, she got uh, the Republican House uh, people kicked her off the Foreign Affairs Committee. She never belonged on it in the first place. That's right. Just because she's foreign. Yes. That doesn't get you a spot on foreign affairs. You got to be American. <laughs> and you got to have American interest in mind, not Palestine and Hamas. Yeah, the point of foreign affairs is to represent ourselves in with foreign our affairs. foreign affairs. <laughs> it don't right. have anything to do with representing our foreign affairs to ourselves. Right? But Ilhan Omar has been known to make a lot of comments, particularly towards Israel and the Jewish people. That's uh, right. She got herself called, you believe this, by Tom Emmer, uh-huh. the House Majority Whip. Yep. The face of anti Semitism. Yep. Uh, you know, I saw a clip of her recently trying to say that, you know, she's, she just, she didn't know about these tropes, these age-old, you know, anti-Semitic tropes about the Jews Jewish people and their money. And their noses, control their big everything. noses, yeah. And she tries to point out, uh, I don't know if it was her, but people try to point out Marjorie Taylor Greene talking about the Jewish space lasers. Yeah. I mean, come on, I mean. She, Marjorie Taylor Greene can be a little kooky, but I hardly call Jewish space lasers that all that anti-Semitic. I'm sure. Honestly, you know, people it's anti-Semitic at all. Well, well, I was just gonna say I'm sure people of the Jewish faith might find it to be in you know their own way. I'm not Jewish, so I wouldn't know what that what that uh, might mean. But definitely not on the level of implying that. The entire Jewish people control the world with their their money and their, their riches, and want to exterminate 
the Palestinians or whatever. So I'm glad she's, she's off the joke. Florida Fair Committee. Yeah, I'm glad she's yeah. off there too. Because like I said, I mean, I know I was being all ridiculous and hick voice and everything, but really the point of that committee is what I said, to represent our affairs right. to our foreign, you know. Adversaries and allies. Exactly. Yeah. Interests. So right. I don't think having, I mean, I would just like to say it, if I may. Having a foreigner literally mm-hmm. sit on that committee does not make any sense to me at all right. whatsoever. Yeah. And it's, you know, turn about fair play. A part of the reason why uh, the House Republicans did this is because not long ago, the Democrats kicked off a couple of Republicans from, I believe it was the committee that they had for investigating January 6th. And typically right. the practice is that the party picks their committee members and who gets to go on the committee for their party or who doesn't. Yeah. So it's, you know, tit for tat. Because they also booted, um, well, what's his face from the Intel committee? Schiff. Yeah. Adam, Schiff for brains. Yeah, Adam Schiff. Pencil neck, as uh, yeah. Donald Trump might have called him. Or well, did call him. Uh, so it's. I think it's good. He didn't need to be on the intel committee because he was the one supposedly sleeping with the Chinese spy, right? He was the whistleblower. No, that's Fartswell. I get them confused. Yeah, Gaswell. That's what I call him. Yeah, didn't he get kicked off the committee also? I would. Um, or some committee. Maybe he wasn't even on the intel committee. I'm not positive, but I do believe. Maybe. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. There's something there. Yeah. But it's good. Like, the Democrats can... Fang, fang. Yeah, fang, fang. <laughs> they can pick uh, new committee members that aren't... Uh, that aren't anti- sleeping with Chinese spies. Yeah, or anti-American. Or giving secrets away. Yeah. Oh, it, no, okay. Schiff was the one who wanted... The dirty pictures of Trump. Yeah. Uh-huh. They called him up. They're like, we have dirty pictures of Trump. He's like, hang on. Let me get my wallet. How much do you need? I, Yes, I definitely want the pictures of naked Trump. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's the one who said he had the, 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 the damning evidence of Russia collusion over and over and over. He kept saying he had the, had the goods. That dude... Is a moron. Yeah. So yeah, two great people got picked, kicked off two decent committees. Yep. So there's some good news to end on. That's right. And uh, folks, if you have any comments about any of our topics, uh, be sure to leave a comment on the YouTube uh, video or uh, audio. Yeah, give us a thumbs up. Yep. Share us. Yes, definitely share with your friends. Uh, Spread the word. Subscribe and follow on your favorite podcast platform, wherever you're listening to this podcast. And also, be sure to check out our other podcast, the Wiki Wacky Radio Show. You can find that wherever you're listening to this podcast. And you can always check out our website, contemporaryconservative.net. For some other cool, unrelated, yet also related material. 
And as always, thanks for listening.